The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution of podcast sponsorships and advertising. Joining us is David Tintner, who is the CEO and co-founder at Thought Leaders, which is a platform that provides both brands and creators a powerful sponsorship intelligence tool and branded content ad network rolled into one. Thought Leaders' sponsorship intelligence platform collates data scraped from 10 million pieces of content every day to analyze the ever-growing world of branded content identifying the best connections between thought leaders and brands. So far this week, David and I have talked about how he moved his side hustle to a million-dollar SaaS company in thought leaders. And yesterday, we talked about what brands are really looking for when they're thinking about sponsoring content. Today, we're going to wrap up the conversation talking about what's in it for the creators and how to monetize things like your podcast with sponsorships. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with David Tintner, co-founder and CEO of Thought Leaders. David, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, thanks a lot. It's been great speaking. I'm excited to get into this one. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat about this topic. And selfishly so, this is about how people that are in my seat can make more money, how podcasters and content creators should monetize their content. So we talked yesterday about what was in it for the brands, how they're looking for sort of inferred credibility when somebody's built an audience and they're thinking about direct response and using things like promo codes and vanity URLs to gauge whether a piece of content or work with their creator is successful. And I think that there's this dynamic with creators and content advertisers and a lot of the times agencies sort of get in the way here of how do you figure out what the value is of the content you're creating and what you're giving to your sponsors Give me the lay of the land for how content creators are monetizing their content. The good news is there's a lot of ways that content creators can monetize today. That's good because it means that there is incentive for people to create really good content because they can actually make money from it. I think that's one of the most exciting things about the creator economy really spinning up and kicking into full gear here. Some of the main ways for monetization, programmatic advertising, sponsorships, merchandise, subscriptions. I'm obviously a huge fan of sponsorships and I'll tell you why I think that's the best way for content creators to monetize because it's actually something that's valuable for their audience. A sponsorship has to be something that fits naturally and is useful. So it can actually be a win-win. The creator's audience gets 
something useful for them and the brand gets something that's super effective and something that can drive the conversions that they want. Nothing against subscriptions. I think that there's a place for subscriptions on content as well. The only thing that I don't really like about it is that I think that really high quality content, educational content should be available to everyone and shouldn't be paywalled off to only the people who can afford it. My issues with subscriptions are that they limit the growth of your audience, right? Somebody has to go through the paywall. Now, look, if you're able to monetize it in a way where a few people are paying a ton for your content, that's great. But you're not going to get a big audience if you're making everybody pay for the content, mostly when there's so much content out there that they can get for free. So you bring an interesting take to it from the creator side that you're actually saying that subscriptions can be counterproductive for a creator to monetize essentially because a creator can make more money with a larger and more loyal audience. And you're saying that subscriptions can actually hinder the growth of a larger, more loyal audience. I think it's a question of exactly how you put it. What's the long-term growth? If I'm charging people to consume my content, there are going to be less people that are consuming my content. So I have less opportunity and less of an audience to sell through other monetization channels. Absolutely. So that's definitely one issue with subscriptions. The other issue I mentioned is that I think that if you're doing this, if you're producing awesome content like you are and so many other creators are, that you actually want to help people. It's tough. Like, why would you limit it and not let the people who can't afford it have access to it? There might be a place for subscriptions where some creators are doing it nicely, where they have kind of a very premium thing that they give away maybe with the content. For example, I subscribe to a bunch of guitar teachers on YouTube, learn to play guitar, totally free content, getting tons of guitar lessons. But I actually am a Patreon subscriber for a few because they give away like a PDF of the guitar lesson. That's just one example of how you can expose your content to everyone for free, but also charge something a subscription. But my favorite way for monetization is sponsorships because I think that they are just tightly ingrained into the content and a win-win for everyone, both the brand, the creator, and the creator's audience. Can I tell you my issue with how most podcasters specifically, I'm sure other content creators get in this trap as well, monetize through sponsorships? Mm -hmm. You know, if I got up on stage at a podcast conference, this would probably be the soapbox that I'm standing on. Most podcasters have been told that they need to sell their content on a CPM basis. And the average rates for a podcast are somewhere between $25 to $50 CPMs. And that's great if you're Joe Rogan and you're selling a million downloads per episode, you know, $25 to $50,000 per episode. You can make a lot of coin when you've got a mass audience. But when you're a show like mine and you're at, you know, 100,000 downloads a month, not a million an episode, there's a big difference. A $25 CPM ends up being like, 2500 bucks a month, which is not enough to pay the rent in the suburbs of San Francisco. So we focus on a niche audience that's much more valuable and much more targeted than the Joe Rogan show. So you would think that for some brands, we would pay higher CPMs, but I get agencies that come to me all the time and they say, we want to be your sponsors. We'll buy all of your inventory for a $25 CPM. And the answer is no, and don't call back because we sell our sponsorships at like 10x that, you know, we try to make $25,000 a month, not $2,500 a month. So the CPM model and selling your inventory just on a per impression basis, to me, totally undervalues what you're delivering based on the industry norms. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right that if you sell on a CPM basis that would fit every brand, right, and be able to hit every brand in the world's conversion goals, 
then you're definitely not going to be able to do it at the premium price that you could if you were to do it for what the sponsorship would be worth for a brand that uniquely fits your audience. So what I think you're doing in a lot of other podcasters is you're finding brands, you're not working with every brand, right? Like the truth of it is that if some random food company comes to you for a sponsorship, you're probably not worth as much for them as you would be for HubSpot, for example, or a productivity solution for marketers, right? You're worth a lot more for that type of brand than you are for just a random food product. So what you have to do as a creator is you have to get in front of those brands and those products that you actually use yourself, that your audience would like to use and be a fit for and sell to them. And then you can do it at a premium. Yeah, I think there's a question of, you know, can you get access to the brands that have the budget to be able to pay for a meaningfully sized podcast sponsorship? And how are they thinking about the value of your content? And I'll just say from my personal experience, some of the largest companies in the world that are trying to reach marketers, they just buy podcast media through agencies. And the agencies say, we only buy media at $25 CPMs. That's what the industry has dictated. And it's not necessarily the small companies that are saying, how do we build a relationship and integrate with your content? It's the large companies that are like, eh, the agencies will figure out how to buy this media for us and they'll do it at you know the cheapest rate possible. And those are the brands that we end up saying, hey, you know, I'd love to work with Megacorp. I won't say any names, <laughs> but the agencies have these very strict models of, you know, here's what we'll pay for your inventory and take it or leave it. And it's basically one tenth of how we monetize our sponsorships. Well, I could tell you that I think an agency that is doing the job they're supposed to be doing for brand is supposed to be getting them to the right audience and doing that in a way that they're also hitting their direct response goals. Now, putting kind of like a blanket rule that's not related to, to the conversion goals at all, that's related to right the number of downloads and not even looking at the specifics of the content or the creator that they're going to buy from, I think is kind of a lazy way, if you will, of going and purchasing the sponsorships. Now, maybe some agencies are think that they're just so large that they can kind of like bully creators into doing sponsorships at prices that are less than they want. And that's kind of a shame because I think the beauty of sponsorship, it's much more effective than other forms of advertising for brands. So there's more money to go around. There should be more money to go around to pay creators what they're worth and give them a premium for actually driving more value back to brands. But the caveat here is that they actually have to be driving more value back to brands than other forms of advertising, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, I'll get off my soapbox here for a second. The issue that we have is we come in and say, we have this combination of advertorial content, host-read advertising, we've got a data play, we can do retargeting of the audience, and the agencies are like, cool, tell me what the CPM is for the ads, because that's all I want, that's all we're buying, and they just don't want to actually do a whole campaign, they want to buy media at scale. And so there's a difference between podcast advertising and I think a true sponsorship. But that said, this isn't the Ben Shapiro monetization diatribe hour. It's you telling us about how content creators should be monetizing. So when we think about sponsorships, I guess the question is, you know, I know what our process is, but a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How should niche content creators, maybe like the MarTech podcast, be thinking about finding and attracting sponsors? So what we recommend to all content creators is to look at the brands that are already sponsoring similar content. So that means going into contents. If you're a marketing podcast, check out all the other marketing podcasts and find the brands that are sponsoring there. The best place to start is look at the brands that are repeating in your competition, if you will, or similar content. Because if they're repeating, it means it's working for them. And those are your primary lead targets. Those are the brands that you'd want to go after full force. Because that means they've already gone out on a limb, invested in that sponsorship with podcaster, and it's worked for them. So they've gone back again and again to do it. So if you go pitch them, then you can come in with a pitch that says, I see this is working for you. I have something similar. You should try it. And that's a very effective pitch, shows you've done your homework. And that's how brands like buying sponsorships. So the last piece of it is you just need to figure out how to actually get the contact info of the people who are responsible for buying the sponsorships at those brands. We show it inside of Thought Leaders. There's other tools that you can use on the internet for it. But just if you get the contact info and come up with a pitch like that, you have a very good chance of landing a sponsorship that you like. I think that there's two strategies here. One is you look at who's already doing podcast advertising in your industry. You know, those people will understand the rationale of what you're offering because they've already purchased it. I think the second, you know, and this is what we did, we have a very clear understanding of who our target audience is. They are people that are marketing to marketers. So we consider MarTech companies, that's companies that are selling technology to marketers to be in our sweet spot. And there's a list of MarTech companies that Scott Brinker created. And we reach out to those companies when we feel it's appropriate. And you know, we have to do some enrichment and find their contact information. If you're a marketer worth your salt, you can figure out a way to get a hold of the right person. But I do think that there's something to be said for not only just reaching out to the people that have already done sponsorships and say, okay, we're doing podcast advertising, but understanding who is interested in the audience that you already have, even if they're not a podcast advertiser or somebody that's done sponsorships before, I think understanding the value that you bring in the audience you have, you can reach out and sort of sell that audience to the right people and cultivate new relationships as well. So I definitely don't disagree with you. It's just a harder sale. 
because you're going to be doing an educational call rather than just getting straight into a transactional kind of call. So you can definitely do that. You can definitely have that educational call where you can say, look, podcast sponsorships are effective. Check it out. Here's some reasons why. Now, in particular, I think my podcast sponsorship would be effective for you. It's kind of two stages there. It does happen. And I think that if you're a content creator and you really like a product, you should go for it because you're going to have a very good chance of landing that deal, going through the educational process and selling yourself if you come through with passion and real reasons why you're the best person to endorse that product. But it's still a harder sale. It's a harder sale than going to someone who already has proven podcast sponsorships work for them, has a budget defined for them. And then you're just saying, look, I'm the best thing that you should buy in this budget you already have defined. Last question I have for you is when you think about your rates, obviously we had our conversation about CPM versus other models, but how do you figure out what you should be charging for your content and what's the way to sort of maximize the value that you're getting from your content? It's definitely an art, not a science in what you should charge, right? Because we've touched on this a bit already that the value you drive to one brand is not the same as the value you would drive to a different brand. And you should definitely be trying to charge something correlated with the value that you're driving to brands. Because if you don't, those brands are not going to come back and continue to work with you. So it's in everyone's interest that you're charging something that is a price that gets brands to want to buy from you again and again. Now, in order to calculate that, you mentioned CPM and we talked about the issues with just going off pure CPM. I think you really need to look into what are the possible conversion metrics that you can drive for the brands that you want sponsoring. Really difficult to do. You don't know the brand's customer lifetime value. You don't necessarily know even all the nuances of how their funnels work. But in order to get the perfect price, those are the kind of things that you should be thinking about in order to map it out. But at the end of the day, a piece of advice that I would give to all content creators is that you want brands coming back to you. So you definitely should be finding brands that are a perfect fit for your audience because then you can charge a premium and it's a fair premium to do it, but you don't want to overprice yourself so much that brands are not going to have success in your sponsorships and not come back. Because not only do you lose the retention from that particular brand, but it's also a signal that other brands are looking for if they should buy with you. So if brand X is thinking about buying from you and sees that you've worked with you know, seven other brands before and have only done one sponsorship with all seven of them, that's a really bad signal to them. That's a sign that maybe things aren't working. And if they buy a sponsorship from you, there's a decent chance it's not going to work from them either. It's interesting. It all comes down to analytics. And honestly, as a content creator, that's a really complicated subject. We've run sponsorships with our campaigns where we've run a couple of weeks of advertising and the companies come back and say, hey, we only saw seven site visitors. Well, the question is, how are you tracking those site visitors? Are those pixeled? Or is that somebody coming to a vanity URL? How is that content mentioned? It's a very nuanced way to figure out what traffic and what value is actually being driven from something that is primarily an awareness driving campaign. I'd love to touch on something there. I mean, it's just such an important point that you just brought up. Sometimes creators do a sponsorship with the brand. They put their heart and soul into it and they make an awesome integration from a creative standpoint and it's fluid. And then, like you mentioned, the brand can come back to them and be like, well, I didn't see any traffic or I didn't see any conversions from it. And the creator's kind of blind here. The creator's like, well, wait, is it a bug in your software? Is it, I mean, how are you tracking this? What are you looking for? 
So I've seen this happen so many times. Unfortunately, there's no single thing that a creator can do that solves all problems because at the end of the day, it's on the brand side. But I'm bringing it up because it's something that creators have to be thinking about from the beginning. And anything you can do to test out conversions beforehand with brands or to really dive deep into how they're going to be tracking it, even if a brand tells you that they don't care about conversions or they don't care about the traffic drives or whatever, ask them and really dive deep into it and try to figure it out beforehand because that is 99% of the time how they're going to determine if they should buy again from you. And if there's a bug in their tracking software or something that's not your fault as a creator at all, you're still going to pay the price for it. I think that's great advice. And as the content creator, you don't own the entire integration. You can create the content and you can make people aware of a product or service, but you don't own the end website that you're driving that traffic to. So you don't always have visibility into the conversions. Building the relationship with your sponsors to understand what you're trying to accomplish and how it's going to be tracked is definitely an important thing that you need to have a conversation about upfront. So David, I appreciate all the work that you and thought leaders are doing to help not only connect content creators to sponsors, but also making sure that everybody understands and has accountability. Thanks for being my guest. Thanks for being such an advocate in the space that we work with. I hope you come back again sometime soon and we can continue the conversation again. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to David Tintner, the co-founder and CEO of Thought Leaders for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with David, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is DMTintner, D-M-T-I-N-T-N-E-R, or you could visit his company's website, which is thoughtleaders.io, thoughtleaders with an S. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.